What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Armin and Judy, a restaurant place I've never been to in the Hamptons. You know, we never go to Watermill is the thing. Right. I mean, I don't understand this place. It's absolutely bizarre. Well, there's something... There's, like, constantly traffic, and I'm like, who are these people? And what's going on? There's something about the Hamptons where, like, once you reach your destination, and I'm assuming this excludes Montauk, but, like, once you reach your destination, you kind of don't go south or west from there. Like... Right. Like, if you get to Sag Harbor... You might go to East Hampton to get something. And you might go to Bridgehampton to get something in Amagansett. Mm-hmm. But you're not going back to Watermill, you know? Sure, sure. And I don't know why that is. Like, I, Well, because there's nothing interesting. Right. I rarely ever I went know. to Southampton. You know what I mean? And it's just right there. I was trying to figure out if de Kooning's studio and was it like available it's like a museum or something oh i don't like know go there did you go to the parish it's, i kind of feel like it's been sold and like isn't oh. um no i've never been to the parish i looked it up and thought this looks like not something worth seeing but oh well you, it's a very very pleasant space so it's always okay. worth it's just very close yeah yeah and it's a it's like the way it's situated on the property it's a very beautiful thing so just to like go oh, in okay. it. yeah yeah very nice the other thing i twenty dollars yeah the other thing i'd recommend is like an artist outing is to go to longhouse which is um some rich person's longhouse home and that has all this if they turn it into a sculpture garden it's kind of like mini is this an architectural moment you don't go in the house the house is just kind of like a place, but it's surrounded by sculptures and beautiful grounds, and then you just oh, okay. you walk around and look at plants and sculptures, and it's very nice. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I do feel like we need to go do something. It's actually looks like a beautiful day. Yeah. It's not raining, and uh, My goodness. we're feeling good about hot coffee. About the work we've done. Oh, good. Yeah. Hot coffee. Hot coffee. Sorry, there was some clanging around. Um, yeah, we went to Armin and Judy, and well, we had sort of gone there. There's sort of like a little cafe building behind the restaurant, mm-hmm. and this very Lana Del Rey person was working, and it was bizarre. She's one um, of the most popular characters on this podcast at this point. Well, she's an icon. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we we decided to go back and try to like make this restaurant moment work after going to Montauk. So we stopped in. It was like the end of lunch so uh there was almost no one in there and we ordered it's kind of impossible for me to not order a chicken sandwich when it's like a presented to me as a lunch option so i under, i really relate to that in a way i'm just like this is this is it right and this was it oh well that's a really this was figure. like the best chicken sandwich i've ever had i will say that and not only because it came and it was basically like three sandwiches worth of chicken I don't... in between buns. So it was like, you can't just pick this up and eat it. It was insane. Oh. Well, that so, sounds like too much chicken. Well, it would be if, like, you know, you were going through a drive-thru or something. But I just ate, half, like, you know, two-thirds of it as just, like, You just chicken. dumped it out on the plate and said, oh, I guess I'm having some chicken schnitzel yeah, and a sandwich. First, yeah. So it was, like, heaven. And the, the French fries were, like... 
They were it. I, they were it because they were they were cut as like a, a McDonald's French fry, which uh, I well they're the best true ones. believer in. They're the best ones. And but they were like far more potatoey with like just like a hint of like potato skinniness. Whoa! It was so good. Well, good. So good. Twenty six dollars, you... oh, which seemed outrageous. You know, correct. It, well, but like, you know, where are we? I mean, avocado toast was twenty dollars. Yeah, so. that's the state of the world. The state. Sorry for the crinkling of the <clears> tinfoil. <throat> crinkle, crinkle, little star. Crinkle, crinkle. So yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I think they're only open. Actually, I think they might be open Thursday through Monday. I have to look because maybe it's worth going again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've just been cooking meals here, the, you know, the weird way, which one does in these kinds of scenarios. Yeah, where you don't have your things. Where you don't have your things. I hate kitchens where I don't have my things. I've really... You really realize a lot. I've turned my mom's kitchen sort of into a kitchen where I have my things. Like, because I know mm-hmm. her things, and then I supplement, bring her other things. It's just mm-hmm. like such a... Pretend they're gifts for her. Yeah, I know. There's, it's so <laughs> derailing when, like, you need to do a thing that you've you really streamlined the action of it, and then suddenly, yeah. like, uh Yeah. You're like, oh, right. Yeah. Guess what but I... even, like, condiments and, like, all the little things, things. that you can, you can just live in your refrigerator mm-hmm. or wherever. It's disorienting, so... Or, like, pots and pans that, like, just don't really work. Ugh. Or you're not, like, acquainted with. It's tricky. I, um... Stuart Singer was asking me last week to send him some links to what cookware he should buy because I guess he's trying to revamp his kitchen. He does mm. have a lovely Staub Dutch oven that his mother got him. So that's, look, we're starting in a good place, you know, because mm-hmm. to have one of those, you can do a lot of things with a Dutch oven. Is this a, a cast iron or enameled? Yes, it's enameled. Enameled cast iron. And then I just sent some great links from America's Test Kitchen about which sort of cookware sets are best and how they're so crazy about carbon steel pans, which I don't have one, but now I kind of want one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they conduct heat quickly. They're they're quick, and then they you can season them like a cast iron. Uh-huh. They have, like, the benefits of, like, a saute. They're, like, they do things I that other pans do. I think the wok that I have is a yes, carbon Yes, woks are frequently carbon steel. And you have to... S- the way you season them when you first get them, because they come with like a coating on them, is that you put potato skins and salt in the pan and you like cook them all around until the potato skins have absorbed all the like waxy coating. <laughs> is that fun? I, yeah, that's, that's a project. Yeah, indeed. Anyways, I'm Yeah, eating. I think if I was buying things, I would definitely be curious about the maiden, maiden. Yeah. That, like Claire uses. Yeah. Yeah, that looks expensive. But yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked into but it. But you can I'm probably very maybe happy with Claire might have a code that you can use. But uh, speaking of um Claire, but kind of it's like worth it. Like you're never going to have to buy these things again. Totally. Never. No. Speaking Unless of, you like lose them. I listened by, like, to that podcast falling out a window that something. you had me listen to. Oh yeah, I don't think I finished listening to it. Oh, it was yeah. very. It was so good. She, I liked the bit where they talked about, um, dark bakeware. She was like, one of the biggest mistakes you can mm. make is oh, having yeah, yeah, dark yeah. bakeware. 
And I was, I was like, like, wow, nice. that's really true. Like, as you move forward in your baking, like, you just, you do acquire not dark bakeware because it just is grocery store bakeware, you know? Grocery store bakeware. Someone's calling. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I did, I did buy um, a couple, like, dark green sheet trays, but not really for baking. Green? Or for, like, yeah. For aesthetics? <laughs> yeah, for aesthetics. Well, that's great. You can serve stuff on them. I'm sure they're... Yeah, they're sort of as, like, trays. I bet they're perfectly good for cooking. and I mean, for cookies. Yeah. I mean, what does she say about dark cookware? What does she say exactly? That it conducts heat too quickly. Too quickly. Yeah, Uh so it's just, like, too direct, and it doesn't... It's not... It doesn't, like, hold heat in the same way. Uh Uh-huh. But I do feel like there's probably a place... For baking, I think that... I think for like roasting, maybe that's not. Oh yeah, probably doesn't similar. matter. Yeah, I mean, so. Anyway. Um, I did a I did the latest Claire recipe from her YouTube videos, which is the just what flan Parisienne. Oh, that looks so good. It is. I was wait, I Jeremy, was definitely like I'm here to report. Yeah, you that it is. You lived. You loved. You go through learned. the recipe because I've actually like it's one of her most thorough videos where she. It, she does it in real time, essentially. She literally well, she generally doesn't make the pie. Right, and this episode because again. she was it was a sponsored episode with Carrie Gold Butter. Mm-hmm. She Which went she, absolutely is correct. She went through the whole process of, of the like of, choice. of her new of her pastry method, and yeah. so I did a get Carrie Gold Butter, and I did her method exactly, and then. Um, Mm -hmm. it was the way that she maneuvered getting the dough into the, Mm -hmm. into the spring form or she, she had like an old fashioned kind of spring. Um, yeah, drop bottom. I want one of those. Um, was so helpful. And then make, she gives a very, very detailed account of making custard and I did buy vanilla paste. I just did everything Mm -hmm. as she said. And then. It took twice as long to bake as I... It but took, you didn't put rum in it. No. It took... Which it. I do think... I didn't have yum. any rum. I didn't have that. Of course. You'd have to buy like a whole... I mean, I guess yeah. you could get like one of those tiny little... I guess. Alcoholic... Hotel person. things. Yeah. Or is that what those are for? Alcoholics? Those are for alcoholics, yeah. And their purse... Those are for people who stay at hotels a lot and are out. They're for pilots. <laughs> um... Ay, ay, ay. But... I just want to report, it did take a very long time to bake. It took about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was exactly right. Like, one minute it looks like it's not working, and then the next Scary. minute it just browns. black. And I got... Yeah, I definitely, when I saw the image, I was like, oh, there's some kind of, like, topping. Right. I wonder what that is. Jam. No, I, ju- no. I took it out before it turned quite black, but it is a beautiful brown, like a dark, dark brown. And did it ripple like that? Yes, absolutely. I loved that. And, um, and it's, it's a very delicious dessert and it's not too sweet. And it does this thing where like the, the pie dough hydrates as it chills. And so you get this kind Mm -hmm. of like very ease of biting the the dough on the bottom. It's so good. I'm eating a piece right now. Oh, I'm so jealous. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. That's the, I think, I think this is, this is, um, this is the thing I'll make next, maybe for Christmas. It's a perfect Christmas dessert. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, nom, nom. Oh, so, May, December. Here we go. Wow. 
There we go. Um, what a great movie. Great movie. Really a director who felt free to make big choices. Well, this, it's, for me, it feels like such a return. I feel like Todd Haynes is a bit, has been in a bit of a rough zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, like, I've, I've watched some YouTube videos, you know, conversations or whatever, and this movie was made, like, uh, sort of quickly in this moment of, like, schedules aligning. Oh. They were just like, oh, okay, um, well, we have to film it in, like, the fall, and it's supposed to be set in May, and it was originally supposed to be set in Maine, or, like, in, in like, the Northeast somewhere. Okay. Um, but they were like, we can't film Mm. the month of May in... Right. We can't fake that. So they moved to Savannah, which is... I mean, I love Savannah. It's such a special, strange place. Mm. Um... So I was totally here for that. I think it is kind of, it is weird to strike me as weird in terms of like a Todd Haynes. That's where you went you to know, college, like, right? I went to, yeah, I went to SCAD for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like Todd Haynes is like either, I think of Northeast in terms of Carol and these kind of Douglas Cirque, you know, um, Walden Pond kind of Who's feeling. Douglas Sirk? Um, Douglas Sirk is uh, this filmmaker who made these incredible movies in the 50s. Mm. Um, one of which being All That Heaven Allows, which Todd Haynes basically oh, remade right. as Far From Heaven. Right, right, right. So, Fassbender... This, there's a way in which Fassbender loved Douglas Sirk, and I feel like Todd Haynes loves Fassbinder loving t- Douglas Sirk. I see. Like, whenever I hear Todd talk about it, he talks about Fassbinder loving aspects of Douglas Sirk. Right. Just a kind of incredible lineage sort of thing. But, um, so this kind of, mm-hmm. like, melodrama, gorgeous color, like, fantasy, yeah. New England kind of feeling. That was out the window um, on this one. Yeah, so that isn't here, but it re- this movie most reminds me of Safe, which I think you haven't seen. I've not, no. And I, is, it sounds I think, very in my stressful. top ten movies Yeah, now. maybe. Okay. Um, so Safe, to me, is better, but this movie is was such a, like, kind of relief, but just appreciating, like, returning to that. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's like for me it's it's a combination of safe to die for and adaptation because you have these like these this like bug this weird plant world like this you know the way that it opens those credits that photography is so incredible and the music and you're just like in this yeah so what i found out so the music is like adapted i guess or I don't know. Basically, the 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 music comes from this movie, The Go Between, which I've never seen. What what um, what's when's that from? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Um, I don't think it's like readily available because I I 
haven't watched it. Okay. And I'm, I looked it up. But, um, so I haven't seen that movie, but the music is from it, I believe. It's um, really and, amazing music. And I don't know what the original music is like and how it was changed into this. And, you know, the whoever the the composer of this score, you know, expanded on it and, and whatever. But um, it is, the music really is... And I think it's the case in all of... Todd really knows how to use... Obviously is obsessed with music, has made, like, a lot of music movies and documentaries and shit. So... Oh. Um, music, I think, is huge for Todd Haynes. So it, it's not really surprising. Like, Yeah. Well, I thought the music was kind of like, because it was like such a specific choice that felt mm-hmm. kind of incongruous, but also appropriate. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it drew attention in like a really welcome way. I was like, whoa, this is so weird. But yeah. also, like, it was kind of announcing, like, you're about to... This is something else. You're, you're about to see something really weird. <laughs> yeah, right. This is not <clears throat> what you think it is, and I'm not sure what it is, but it's something else. I mean, that hot dog moment is really is really the biggest cue into, like, you're somewhere else. When she's looking in the fridge and she goes, I'm not yeah. sure if we're going to have enough hot dogs. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, it's very early in the film. You don't really know anything about what the plot is. You're sort of confused why she's kissing this, like, gorgeous... 30-year-old... ...person who could be her son. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're a little like, what the fuck? And then there's just, like, this thing where, like... The camera cuts to her, like walking towards or like standing in front of the fridge and like yeah, opening it and there's profile. like a zoom in with like these like dramatic piano insane like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you just have this kind of like tension that's created and then the line that she says looking into the refrigerator is like i don't think we have enough hot dogs or something because right. it's memorial day right i'm not sure if we're gonna have enough hot and dogs. you're just like I mean, I, I mean, we were all, we were laughing, laughing, laughing. I mean, it was so strange and good. Yeah. And then it cuts to like an overhead shot of the grill. Wow. With like hot dogs and stuff on it. I. So that really like sets up that something else is going on here. Something else. The something else. Um, Yes. And we're, and we're in for. We're in for a ride. Entertaining. yeah, Yeah. Journey through this. I I know that Natalie Portman is polarizing. I think she's incredible. This is her best thing she's done, and I think, I think that this is the best movie she's ever done. Yeah. Best oh yeah, and she's the most like dropped in. Maybe oh. she. Maybe this character is the closest is her. to her. Well, even it though has, it's like a kind of parody of an actress, it does feel like this culmination of a career and of a life, like. That it, there's these moments where it's so Black Swan that you're like, oh, this is Black Swan the sequel for Natalie Portman. Mm. Like, she is now, like, taking that character right. and she lived on from Black Swan and now she's become an actress and she's still up to her old antics. <laughs> well, it's funny because I feel like, in a way, this is, it's also felt like a sequel to To Die For. Mm-hmm. Like... 
okay, because then that that's a that's a Gus Van Sant movie, which is like a very similar world to Todd Haynes. Like they are they occupy like right. a similar right. Kelly Reichardt, Portland, you know, whatever vibes. And so it's kind of weird to me that that movie hasn't come up in relation because that movie is about like this Nicole Kidman character who wants to be wants to be like a famous reporter. Right. So like, she transforms. She, and then she's like, she ends up going to this high school and then enters into this relationship with this high school student. Joaquin this, Phoenix. Like, May-December kind of romance yeah. thing. And, you wow. know, so it's sort of like if that had, you know, if she had gone to prison for that and, because I think she's, I think she's killed in that movie, <laughs> I, I believe. Right, who kills her? Matt Dillon? Who kills her? Well, I think there's a mob kind of thing. Oh, wow. Right? There's I've... like... Yeah, that's that's Nicole Kidman's real Academy Award-winning role. But it's like it's incredible. I mean, it's such an incredible movie. And then, you know, so it's sort of like if she had gone to prison and then got out, gotten out and married that guy, which yeah, Joaquin, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix plays is incredible. So like you know, which I mean, this guy, what is his name? Charles Charles Melton? Melton. Wow. I'm like, yeah, you would probably have to have an affair with this child. Person. Well, I mean, that was such a I, this person that was such so a like gorgeous. this that whole plot point rang so true of being like there is a there is kind of an explanation for this. And to have Natalie Portman on 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 her computer mm-hmm. watching those videos of the kids mm-hmm. read for Incredible. the role and then talking to the director and being like, "I need you to find me like kids who are hot because like these kids are not hot right and you're and you're like that's an absolutely insane thing to say however having seen this guy and seen pictures of him as a kid you're like it creates a kind of understanding you're like yeah oh this is why this happened right right well and she has that line when she's visiting him at his office he's he's a doctor and she's visiting him in his his office, and she's like, "I'm starting to understand like what, what this would have felt like." Right, right. <laughs> and then she's you know then she's like, oh, "I probably shouldn't have said that." She's so in- her performance in this is so incredible. It is, and like the- that, just like the way she handles these like really strange scenarios. The, the the kind of pace at which she starts to take on Julianne Moore's affectation mm-hmm. is really, it was really sort of brilliant because there's like a point where she is just being Julianne Moore and you didn't, you kind of didn't realize it was coming and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, and I think it starts, it starts confusing, it, it starts complicating the f- viewing the film because... So at the end, so the, basically the, the plot of this movie, you know, Natalie Portman's about to play the Julianne Moore character who is married to her victim, yeah. <laughs> her, her like sixth grade. She, so it's based on this, this true story, which like, yeah. I think we all remember. Mary Kay of, a, of an age, um, of this middle school teacher like having a relationship with uh her student yeah um here it's they actually she worked they they put it that she 
was working at a pet store. Right. And he started working Being there a summertime during employee. During the summer. Yeah. Um, so we get to go to the pet store. I loved that whole scene with that weird pet store owner. Right. And he, like, still holds, like, the newspaper clippings. Oh. It's incredible. Well... And then that bizarre scene where she's, like, imagining them in the back room. Oh, wow. Well, also that she kind of... She enact, She does... She has sex with him, <laughs> albeit very briefly. Yeah, later on. Yeah. And then she acts like a black widow spider like she's just like mm-hmm. had her victim and she's like you yeah. go now like i did what i i got the information i needed well she's also i mean she yes she's she's doing so she's doing this research which puts her in this kind of predatory position in relationship to this whole family um but she also seems to think that he needs to be freed of this scenario well, yeah, I mean, and also, like, one gets the sense that, you know, he's basically taken on the role of, of being the caregiver to this mentally ill woman who... Right. Simultaneously, like, a ch- her child, and as generally happens, the child becomes the caregiver. Right. Yeah. And it all feels so inevitable. You're like, yes, the woman who would choose to fuck a 13 year old and then marry him is not there's something there's a screw loose you know there's something that needs addressing and then that he of course would have to become her security blanket you know because she she needs to prove that what she's done was okay and it's worth it and that that she's surrounded by this community of people that are like we we, we believe in their love these cake people yeah so she she basically has is like has her time occupied by people ordering cakes from her. So there's this incredible scene. Probably maybe my favorite like plot point is her weeping because someone has canceled a cake order. It's incredible. It's so funny. <laughs> this is like for me maybe the funniest scene where she's just like fully full breakdown. That like the and. Apparently, the people are moving out of town. Right, but she If that's cannot... true or not, like, one could also imagine that, like, these people are, like, just going to avoid her forever and not actually move to avoid. Right. Like, they've been ordering a cake every week, and they're just, like, the husband is... A, this is the story I imagine. Like, the husband's like, we can't keep ordering these cakes. Right, to support and this the wife's crazy like, person. like, but I can't. So right. I guess we'll just have to move. Or, you know, we'll tell her when we're moving. You know, yeah. something, some absurd scenario. But yeah, she's having this, she's like in bed weeping. Well, look, I'm, I'm a, of course, assuming that like after she returned from prison, she had very little support. So like uh-huh. any, any support at all, I'm sure has become like taken on a, 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 a kind of role of importance that's far too crazy and then to lose any of it i'm sure is completely triggering for her um there's very little like acknowledgement of like the prisonness of this yeah we don't get much we do there's that folded in half photo which is incredible where where who's, so who's folded out of it someone's looking through photos yeah and i don't know i guess it's natalie portman's character a, fo- a photo is is folded in half, hiding 
the fact that in oh, this photo, yeah. she has like ankle, ankle things, brace, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Um, also, this movie takes place in like the nineties. Also, wait, excuse me. That they would that they would have her on house arrest, so that she could just like still be fucking this kid. I'm like, what's going on? Well, she also had these babies, so I don't know. You know, like she had her children in prison. Because right. okay, no, because at some point she was released and got pregnant. So like, she, I think she was released in the in the true story. This is in the true story. She was, she was released. And I, I assume was supposed to stay away from this person as part of her like parole right. or whatever. Like, did she? And then instead went and got pregnant by him. Did, did and then was sent back to prison. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what happened in in real real world. Wow! I, and then I did watch some of the there's like a you know made for TV thing which um comes is is shown in this movie. Right, like Natalie Portman's Natalie character Smith. has this. Thing on yeah wow watching her um, watching her film that scene another great natalie portman moment you mean at the end yeah yeah i mean i kept thinking like as i watched the movie i was like is the movie she's making like a made for, gonna be like a lifetime movie i think there <laughs> like there is the mention, seriousness of like there is mention at some point in the movie that she's a tv actress mm, well yes well Someone is like, oh, I like that. I watched that show. Oh, the the husband is like, I watched that show. And you're like, you know, she's like kind of embarrassed by it. Yeah. But that makes me feel like she's, you know, she talks about like working in the theater and stuff. Right. So she's, so she's I, not exactly like a Natalie Portman success actress. She's like somewhere else. She's like slightly in a different situation. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't feel like, I knew what kind of movie, but I did feel like by the end, in that last scene, um, which I think, let's just wait to talk about that. Um, so what? Um, I liked, um, okay, let's talk about Charles Melton a little bit because I was dubious of him initially. I thought, I thought, wow, this is a really handsome actor who... It like kind of seems appropriate in terms of how he looks and his age and everything. But I did feel like he was surrounded by these like really exceptional performances that Julianne Moore mm. and Natalie mm. Portman were giving that I just didn't feel it. His performance didn't feel as true. But then by the end, I was like, oh, that was correct, actually. And there was like yeah. the way he'd like transformed his body Mm-hmm. to be how it was in the film and the way he was sort of um, shut down. But then also he was a child. I mean, he was a child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when you first see him, he's definitely, I mean, I got, he's grilling. So it's like dad vibes. Hot dad. And then it's sort of like, yes, like, oh, you're almost, you're like a model who's a dad. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, and it the, when they kiss, you're like, what? And it's very casual, like, you know, long-term relationship kind of kiss in the kitchen. Um, so it's like, okay. Um, and then, I mean, because I, I think in my, in my, I always imagined this movie was going to be about a May-December romance between Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman. Oh my Like, that was God. always like, I was <laughs> like, okay, so like, whatever, but like, that's 
there's that's gonna be the center kind of you know carol kind of vibe to this movie wow no there was nothing lesbianic in this film well you do have the like them kind of becoming one person yeah the kind of personaness of the movie but not pursuing um, a relationship uh, outside of no just, but you know, yeah it's single far more female yeah, they, yeah, 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 absolutely. They're more, like, in competition. Oh. Um, no. But, yeah, like, as the, I mean, the the dynamic with the bugs, this, and the, the text messaging <laughs> with, like, this other person <laughs> so. is also really fascinating. Well, I. Because it, it isn't resolved in any way. It's just sort of, like, floated out there as, like, He's kind of trying to connect with this other person. In this very kind of naive way, but that also yeah. felt dangerous. Even though yeah. there was like nothing sort of nefarious going on seemingly, you were like, wow, th- if if this got to Julianne Moore, you know, like... Right. It would kill her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because he's... Well, I mean, he does bring up like going on vacation with this person. Wow. And she's like, aren't you married? And I think that's the end of the communication that we see between them. Right. And he's like, oh yeah, I guess I am. I can't. Wow. I can't do that. I mean, um, watching yeah. him interact with his college-aged children, it, it was really spooky. It was so bizarre. Yeah. I thought what would have been spookier even more would be if they were the age that he was. I see. That would because be Because I be think of, you know, the Michael Jackson documentary oh with those two God. guys who, like, really confront their trauma when their own children are the age that they were. Right. And that that is, like, something I think about regularly in these, when these things come up of, like, that recognition as an adult of, like, what it actually is to be... A 13, 12-year-old? It's so... Well, it, that comes up for me a lot when I meet nine-year-olds, and I'm like, that is the uh-huh. age I went to boarding school. And I really think, uh-huh. like, what? The fuck? what? <laughs> I'm like, what? You're, like, so young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So I thought, I thought about that a lot in terms of their ages. I don't know how much I care about this graduation idea like it, i don't know graduating didn't mean anything to me and no I, I didn't care i also didn't need this like elder daughter to return into the there's something strange uh-huh. well you i mean i think the 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 her family i think what graduation helps us with is like because you also have her granddaughter i think graduating i think that's what's going on Right, that, the, the, the daughter. dinner moment. Yes, exactly. That, like, her daughter's child is also going to graduate, and they're, like, the old, what that what her son calls, like, the old family. We're going to sit in the back right. of the restaurant. Right. So the graduation does have this thing of kind of bringing these scenarios together and bookmarking this May calendar thing of, like, Memorial Day to Graduation Day. But, um, and, and you, and you see sort of how much people hate her in this way, Mm. in this very under the surface, like, um, polite kind of way. Like her children are like, 
know, the son is like, I can't wait to get out of here. Yeah. And how sort of wounded the father is, but it's also like, yeah, you're going to make it out of here. I got entrapped by this fucking vampire. Well, he's the one who has the, like, shackles on. So, I mean, that first emotional interaction that he and Julianne Moore have when she's just in the bed and and she's like, you smell like smoke, but she's crying. so weird. And she's like... She's like, so you didn't take a shower. And then he doesn't take a shower. He literally it just... Is, first he takes off his shirt, and she's like, I still smell it, or whatever. And then he... This is like... This creeps... This is the, maybe the creepiest part of this movie. He, what, sticks his hand in a glass of water and, like, oh rubs... Oh, my God. Like, takes a kind of bath in the ba- in the bed. It was something like if, a child would do. It was so it was weird. So gross. Really gross. And then, like, lays... The, and then she, she, like, continues crying or whatever, and he's like, everything's okay. Right. He's like, and I'm just like, gonna, kiss. like, fuck the, the, the sorrow out of you or whatever. Right. Ugh. My God. God. It was really sick. It was really disgusting. To see him have sex with Natalie Portman in, like, two pumps, and then you're really confronted by this kind of the slovenly nature of him, that's sort of a surprise that like, you don't get the sense of him like that in his clothes. But once he's like completely naked, you're like, Oh, like you're not, you're not a fashion model. (laughs) Right. Your body is well, but I saw that. I think that there, like when he goes to visit his father Mm. with groceries there, there's like, the posture of his walking mm. is so like bent over, like mm. kind of like squished in, um, uh, it like was introverted. A, it was a very, very good choice for yeah. for that character and that actor to kind of like make that adjustment in weight for that character because it would have been mm-hmm. too too wrong if he just yeah it would have been really yeah really uh, broadcasting yeah. The, a situation well it's, and it's weird because he's also like seems to be professionally successful he's a doctor if you know some kind of whatever but he's a doctor um, yeah right that's why they're looking at those bones and stuff in the office wait i'm really confused who's a doctor the the fu- the the boy the boy husband he's a doctor yeah that's why she's she's visiting him at work and they're looking at those x-rays. I think he's an x-ray technician. Oh, okay. Well, even that, I'm like... I mean, that makes more sense <laughs> in terms of like... But still, that's like, he's a professional of something. Right, right, right. right? Yeah, no, no. He went to school and did something. Um, Which seems unlikely to me. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know what the... In the real story of like the kind of life, professional life that right. person had. But um, at any rate, that he, like, has a job. I'm like, this person would be working at, like, the gas station. Right. In my mind. Okay, so, so. next person of interest I wanted to kind of talk about is the elder son of Julianne Moore. Uh-huh. So, who's a twin, I, right. I think. I think right? so. The, the girl is also graduating. Mm. Um, and he's kind of like 
trying to create trouble. The milk, the milk was a real, um, oh, the eldest son. Oh, I see. The Georgie character, not the, the graduating No, 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 no. Kids. He was... Right, so the, this is original. This is... Georgie was family. a friend of the... Or like a classmate or, you know, a similar age as the Charles Melton character. Oh, wait. So this is, is... this is, is this a Julianne Moore's child, though, right? Yeah. So I think they were friends. Oh. You know, and then, like, he had a relationship with... His mother, I Georgie's see. mother. Okay, okay. So that now makes he's sense. like, no. He's like, this is um, so crazy. These people ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's great because so, what's the scenario? Natalie Portman's character is meeting someone. Oh, the lawyer who represented the Julianne Moore character in the right. case. Wow, there's you know, a lot, of, was a lot of stuff happens in this movie. Yeah, so she goes to meet him at this place and. The scene opens with, you see this, like, kind of a mess of a guy, like, singing, you know, who I guess is probably, like, 35. Yep. Like, the Natalie Portman character, the Charles Melton character, and this character are all the same age, essentially. So, he's singing in, like, you know, like a lunchtime restaurant place. And we're like, okay, this is weird. And then it's Natalie Portman arriving to talk to the lawyer. And then at some point, um, the lawyer's like, that's her son, Georgie, singing there. And he's like yelling at his drummer and is like, why are you playing so slow? Or, you know, whatever. Being basically like a brat. And then he he sees them and goes over to their table. And then what happens? Uh, Well, there's the whole scene... I don't remember. I don't remember. Every time he was on camera, I got a little anxious. Yeah, he's very, like, kind of, like, drug vibes, but not really. You know, like, I don't know that he's actually, like, a drug person, but there's, like, a kind of, like, vibrating anxiety. Like, he's just kind of, like, he's, like, a local person who never got out of town who's, like, seems a bit lost. But it's also, like, but he, yeah, he's also, yes, he seems vindictive about, like, yeah. Why, you know, yeah. And I think he sees Natalie Portman as, like, a way to cause more trouble. Yeah, and I'm sure part of that, she's also, like, a, you know, a celebrity. You know, people recognize her when she comes into these places. And, you know, the girls especially are, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm. Um, yeah, he's, so, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, like, that interested in this character. But, um Cause later on, I, you know, it's interesting. He like tells what could or is or isn't a lie about the mother that she was like molested by her brothers, um, which Julianne Moore then confronts her about that story and, and like says that's not true and that he told her that, that her son told her that, she, that he had told that story to Natalie Portman. Um, I, I like need to watch this again. I feel very confused, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Um, well, you were interested in this character. What, what, I know. What I, was... I, I, th- I thought you, I thought like, oh, Jeremy's going to teach me something, but now I'm like, wow, it's too complicated. Um, yeah, there's a lot that happens, but it doesn't, it's a very like, not seemingly 
it's not presented in a complicated way. The like well, scenes are very well, kind of relaxed. Well, then the, at the end of the day with this film, that person actually posed no threat in a way. I mean, because there's no right, nothing happens. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess it's hard to say. There, there's no vil- villain in this film. It's like I guess Natalie Portman has some villainous qualities. And obviously Julianne Moore is a, a villain of her own, of her own disordered thinking. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's hard to say like who are the bad people in this movie. It's co- very complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, and a sort of through line of Todd Haynes films is that like the culture is the kind of the villain, mm. but that's here. Like, the Julianne Moore character, she is the villain in, like, the global sense of, like, the whole scenario of this is because, you know, she... She did a bad Like, thing. and she still doesn't... She's still, like, he seduced me. <laughs> she still, like, thinks that he's the one who did this to her. Right. Well, clearly, like, she and he have agreed upon this narrative, right? Like... Right, which he confronts her about, basically. Right. After after the Natalie Portman character has sex with him, um, he's basically like... You ruined my life. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, you know, I think part of, like, the, the phone texting flirtation into this, like, he was, he was, he was on the edge of, like, this confrontation that just happened. And that kind of, like, pushed him into it. So he kind of confronts Julianne Moore just about, like, basically, like, maybe I was too young. And then what? Right. And she really just refuses the conversation, which she's like, no, we already, slash I, already determined what the story is. That you did this. Yeah, that we already have this story. Right. What's that line? He's like, what if, what if we're not as in love as we say we are? Oh my God. And she's like, what if we're not in as much in love as we say we are? (laughs) She repeats it back to him. Uh, And, you know, he's like, as he said to Natalie Bartman, he's like afraid that she's going to like kill herself. Like that she couldn't survive them breaking up. Then in the real story, they do get divorced. And, and she ends up dying not long after of like cancer of some kind. Oh dear. Um, and he, he like stays in her life though and like still takes care of her. Oh wow. Interesting. As as she dies and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, they're, they're tied to each other through trauma and mm -hmm, so it's, and, and I think that they do love each other. Well, yeah, they've been taking care of each other for so long. Right. Wow. And and I do think that like some some like you know because I think she and I'm I'm a little like confusing the the made for TV thing and and this too is in terms of like what we actually know about their intimacies or whatever but she you know her feeling is like he recognized her like she was in this kind of loveless re- marriage. And this child, um, like, rec- like saw her. That's how she felt. That's why she, like, wanted him. 
Um, and I think that's possible. That doesn't mean that she should have done what she did, you know? Like, that doesn't uh, excuse the behavior and the the power dynamic. Yeah. Um, but, like, they could have had some kind of, like, healthy relationship. It's, it's sort of my my feeling that, like, something else could have happened here where, like, you loved each other, but not in this way in which, because he was not an adult. Right. But they, um, they unfortunately, but yeah. they leaned into it to be like, this is real. And, well, and like sexual and romantic and yeah, these other things. But um, anyways, very good film. Highly recommend. Very complicated yeah, and there are so many other, like, the, the scene where the daughter's getting a dress for graduation. I love that scene. Oh, my And you see God. Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman in this mirror. And they're, and Natalie Portman at that point is, is, is really, like, copying. Like, right. they're in the same, like, poses. She's trying um, to become. And but, there's the thing about the arms. Yeah, you then see arms. Julianne Moore wow. being just, like, so vicious her daughter about yeah with a like a compliment backhanded compliment of like oh i wish i would have been as brave as you are to show my arms even when i'm not like thin thin essentially it was i yeah yeah and then of course she like goes and tries on a different dress with sleeves yeah what was that i mean i wonder what that's about about exactly like why do we why do we want to know this about the Julianne Moore character that she's like not a girl's girl you know like what does that come from I think I think there's like a a sense of repression that like she comes from a society in which like she was only able to do certain things and like that led to her marriage and like this relationship was her rebelling against society Mm. yes <sighs> chills chills it's so spooky uh um so i think there's something you know there's just like about like expectations and normative behavior and it's 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 where like in terms of queerness i think this story becomes fascinating to queer people in terms of like this um, alternative lifestyle or choice or you know right because there is there is a like outside of society at, like thing to it um yes and like going to prison and and then like still marrying you know this kind of like i don't care what any of you think because right. i had to wear sleeves as a child to hide my absolutely f- normal fine arms you know right so this is my revenge of sorts. Right. Wow. So and then, of course, like, continuing that violence. Julianne Moore playing <laughs> a, a queer ways. icon yet again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's where safe... Because safe is, like, in this way, like, about AIDS, but has the plot has nothing to do with AIDS. I mean, it's, a, it's like, the plot is, like, about, like, environmental contagion of sorts right um but this movie is not making a case for like alternative ways of being in the world it's kind of it's kind of being like this was probably a mistake (laughs) yeah but i think it's i think it's making some case about like normativity and what happens when 
right what the world People does aren't to allowed you to do things yeah. because i think if she if she hadn't grown up in this repressed thing she might have actually been able to have a relationship at her own you know and it's it's part of what she she does to him she like robs him of having like Choices. getting high yeah as a child you know like doing like things as a, a young person mm. you know and it's sort of the irony that he lets his son get high on the you know he's like you can do that it's fine you know and yeah. like oh i'm glad that you're leaving home you gotta get like, out that's of good here for you. yeah he's like yeah. this place is dark and you know and then the whole metaphor of the butterflies yes so you know it's like he's still in the cocoon i think in that kind of metaphor the movie yeah he doesn't get to spread his wings and be a butterfly well we don't really see i mean he does seem to be stuck at the end of that confrontation he's still like taking care of her yeah um and then there's the the last scene which is is you know it's sort of like the movie kind of ends and there's this coda of natalie portman now filming the movie Mm -hmm. and she's holding the snake and um, doing this scene with this young boy over and over again. And it's the same every time. Yeah, and she's... she's and she wants another take. She's really nailing the Julianne Moore And you're lisp. like, well, this is bad. Oh, yeah, it's like not... Gonna, it's <laughs> not gonna be a good movie. And that's the end of the movie. It's so good. That Natalie Portman has gone through this very extensive research to be in a shitty movie. Yeah. But, wow, tremendous performances by all and a very provocative and strange comedy, question mark? I think that the mm-hmm. Golden Globes is... is It's, it's like, comedy. It's comedy. Yeah, I saw that, I'm too. like, that is... what? But... And it is. It is and it isn't. I think, I think, like, you do want people to watch it with a sense of humor you have to laugh at times but also because if you're not it's i don't know what it is without a sense of humor it's a very it's a very dark comedy it's a very dark comedy yeah um it's great but anyways um, well done Todd if you, if, go watch it it's on netflix go watch safe There's go watch to die for something else just is coming or came to netflix that's a big deal like movie you know what i've been love i've been loving watching squid game the challenge i have not laid eyes I on thought, it this is gonna be terrible and it's really what's what's good because like all these like survivor whatnot like people get really emotionally engaged but and it's crazy like what is it are they just doing the games that are from squid game yeah but except you don't die at the end but they pretend to die, and it's incredible. Okay. <laughs> like, it is... And they're all, like, really fans of the show in this way. That's right. fun. So they're so, thrilled. So, like, when they come into the spaces, they're like, oh, my God. It's just, you know. And they all knew they were going to go do this show, so it feels like... Uh, Put on. I don't on. know. Like, going to Disneyland or something, you yeah. know? Um, but it gets real. I mean, that's, that's what I... That's was the big surprise for me. Like, they... It feels basically as intense as the movie. Mm. Like, the stakes feel like they're going to be killed. It's amazing. Wow. 
Okay, I, well, I'll I look really at it. enjoy it. I'm gonna, I'll get back <laughs> the into it. The finale is coming out this week. I've not so. yet watched the Bake Off finale. I'm not there yet. I haven't either. Um, I kind of don't care about. Oh, look, I'll watch it. I have no investment. I'll watch it too. No investment in who wins. I couldn't care less. Because it's just these dudes left too, right? Yes, it's the it's the the men with the the man with the muscles, the cute guy. It's the it's the guy with the teeth, and then the guy who's really a nerd. Yeah. Oh, is the is the chemist? Is that the chemist? I he think he might. There? He seems like a chemist. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a chemist, a um, chemistry student or something. Yeah, he's got um, good skin. Um, something they made recently on there that I wanted to make but i don't, I don't well, know that's shocking now, i but... can't remember. the only thing i've ever <laughs> made from from bake-off that i was like i have to make that was a swedish princess cake and then i continued making it over the years forever but, but i have to say it's like never a favorite the recipe that you can get from bake-off is a very good swedish princess cake recipe oh, okay yeah wait do they have recipes like on their website yeah i think sometimes they they release like the technical oh, okay. bake recipe oh that's as is, as is given? Or, no, hopefully. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't remember. That'd be funny. Yeah, hilarious. I have to get a new kitchen scale. Well, can I, I recommend one? To... Well, I already ordered one. Oh, which one? I don't know. I'll look it up. You tell me what, what you... Okay. Do you recommend the one that you got? Yeah, I just got a new one. Um, look, I got... It's the Italian one that's like, you know, the... The scale you see on the shows. Wait, let me find the name. It's called like Escalier, you know. <laughs> it's called Escali. Yeah, exactly. Escali Primo Digital Food Scale. Yeah, what color did you get? Black. I got the same one. Oh, you got black. You know, I'm doing a black. Oh, that's black right. I thought they have all those beautiful colors. I thought maybe you'd get, you know. <clears throat> get interesting. Oh, no. I got gr- that weird green kind of like sixties green. Mm. Yeah, I almost got the pink because I saw it in um, in um Natasha Pickowitz's book. Tarragon. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And it looks so great in the photos in her book. Um, yeah. But then I opted for the green because I was like, look, green is nice. Yeah, the I green like is that. strange and good. Yeah, my my. Scale just stopped working. I got new battery. You know, it's like was it another Scali? Was it? Was no. It was oh something. Yeah, I had a I had a scale I'd bought at a restaurant supply store that was like very straightforward, but you couldn't <clears throat> you couldn't put like a pot on it and start measuring because uh-huh. it would go over. It would be too much weight. Yeah. Um, but this scale seems to be able to handle quite a bit of weight, which I think is great. Great, great. Um, my. What else? Was I, oh, I saw some shows. I saw some shows. I saw Alex Tatarsky's play at Playwrights Horizons. Okay. What is this? It's, it's Alex is a, a woman who makes performance and it was a one woman show and it was excellent and it was funny and crazy and messy and heartbreaking and um, it was about kind of the hopelessness of like trying to be an artist (laughs) Mm. and um it had some gags in it that were just uh, screaming funny I was laughing 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 there's this part where she's 
and she's referencing like Goethe and all these like German theatrical things and like she's talking about being Jewish but she's like telling parts of this story through this ridiculous character of like a little German boy (laughs) who like wants to make plays Uh and there's this part where she like dumps out a bag well she there's a part where like she's doing the whole show well she starts the show by singing this song about how she's a woman who's poisoning herself from eating tinned fish and Mm. then she brings out a can of sardines and just starts eating them in the most grotesque way imaginable while they're falling all over the stage and then eventually like when you're halfway through the show and she sort of established her themes she um she teaches everybody this little dance and this song and you stand up and you sing the song and you're doing this little dance and then she has everyone snake onto the stage where once oh the once God. once the curtain opens up there's this like whole kind of peewee's playhouse like mess of stuff wow. <clears throat> and then you're all you sort of surround all the stuff and then she goes through a whole other half of the show where at one point she dumps out this bag of potatoes and onions she had already made reference to this idea of of or to this his i don't know this story about how germans would cut onions to force themselves to cry after the war to like feel something uh-huh. so oh she she dumps out this bag of onions and potatoes and in that amongst wow. the onions and potatoes is a pear and she picks up the pear she's like a pear and she just starts eating it like crazy and she just she just goes wow. she goes despair and then <laughs> and then like for a long time she's just like despair. leaking pear juice going despair um and then really she good. she does um rub she cuts an onion in half and sticks it over her eyes for quite a while. And then she sings this really heartbreaking song about like wanting to not be in a body anymore and wanting to just be like moss. Mm. Um, it was really beautiful. Um, that sounds great. Yeah. It was a tremendous show. Um, she, she at some point like put on this crazy, little outfit she called her heartbeat outfit and she had like these rubber gloves with like forks taped to them and she like weird rubber glove feet and she's sort of like and then she was like i don't actually have anything planned for this part she's like so i'm gonna do some crowd work and then she's like say a word and then audience members called out things and it was like to, she she was like tomato tomato to, tomato potato bar, barnacle. <laughs> it was so insane. Anyways, great show. show. It's been extended, so if if you can make it, try to get a ticket to um to Alex Tatarsky. Playwrights Horizons. Playwrights Horizons. Yeah. I saw Buena Vista Social Club. Oh yeah. Because for not five hundred dollars. For not for zero dollars. And I sat in the tech row the best with Justin and I got, and it was, I was swept away. I have to say. Oh, great. <clears throat> because as we know, I don't like theater really. Uh, story. Right. Yeah. And there was quite a, there's, there's quite a bit of like theater, like someone being like, you know, in Cuba, three uh, men, you know, it's, and you're like, oh, please. 
<laughs> like someone looking out into the audience and telling you what's happening and you're like, oh, it's okay. Wait, please. Don't tell yeah. that. But the the band of these incredible musicians is centralized in the show. They're just like on stage being the band. And then mm-hmm. the story kind of happens around them through this um, these this cast of people who play both the young version of the characters and the old version of the characters who are like the people from the from the documentary from the band and I mean they, they're playing those people uh-huh. and um the music is incredible yeah. it, it was I was like crying from these musicians it was so amazing so go just it was just like a one even if you don't like theater it's a wonderful concert you'll get totally swept away. It was great. And it has like, the set is nice and the lighting's beautiful and the dancing's amazing. And they do these like really excellent dance interludes. And it was, I really enjoyed it. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I was was shocked how much I enjoyed it. I just remembered this op, the opera thing. Which one? The, the climate Oh, yeah. people yelling at the opera <laughs> I thought that was like one of my favorite reviews of the year that was great that person reading the kin- turning and turning on their turning kindle on their kindle uh, the, them g- grabbing the banner out of a person's hands and old, throwing it at them garbage people being mad yeah it's I'm fascinating like, stop the opera i mean that like maybe that that will be my my version, where I just protest opera. Well, that's interesting. I was like, <laughs> I, I, when I first was reading this, I was like, is opera the problem? I was like, why? I know. I was like, right. why are they protesting at the opera? Bizarre. I was like... Because rich people. Right, because I, I guess rich people are there. But and also, like, like, the honestly, the opera's cheaper than the... Ba- I mean, you can go to the opera for four, mm, 40 bucks. Okay. So, so I was like, these people paid for tickets. No, honestly, like, go protest at a Broadway show. Like, talk about greed... Yeah, we can't afford those tickets. No, those tickets are... The, the, the protesters couldn't even afford to go to a Broadway show. Yeah. It's also like that... A Broadway show is more likely to get on the news. And... Absolutely. The people in that audience are like, you know, brainless. The Broadway show might tourists. also... They might have better security. <laughs> yeah, well, the theaters are smaller, too. Yeah, they're really small. <laughs> Um, it is yeah. an amazing story. It's an amazing story. Yeah, it's a great, great review. Terrific review. Just, like, people behaving insanely. Last night, or yesterday afternoon, I went to see the Lar Lubavitch at 80, the Art of the Duet show at the Guggenheim. Uh-huh. And it was just so nice to, like, be with people who love Lar and, and, like, see familiar things and, like, get to kind of, like relive in my own body the experience of doing his wonderful dances and so that was really nice actually Great. this this couple from hubbard street came out and started doing this duet and i was like oh i don't know that I, i'm not sure i've seen this one and i was like but it is sort of like in the family of these um duets to jazz standards that lar has made and this one was to prelude to a kiss and i'm watching this duet and kind of like two-thirds of the way through i was like I've done I've done this dance. Oh my god. <laughs> but I honestly couldn't tell. You were sleeping when you did it. I couldn't understand. No, it was 15 years ago. So I just like yeah. I couldn't understand that I had done that dance. I I mean I don't remember any of the steps. I just had to like 
be like, why do I know this music in this way? I was like so confused. Um, it was very strange. Um, but it was nice to see people. And, um, if I was, and Lar made a really beautiful speech at the beginning about like how he makes, he always makes great speeches. He's so thoughtful. Um, and then Wendy Whalen moderated a little discussion and it was so, it was nice. I was happy to be there. Um, Anyways, and then I went over to James's house last night, and we had a gathering for Santa Lucia, but not not sort of formally. But we did make paper crowns instead of wreaths to wear on our heads. Mm, that's cute. And um, James made a curry udon soup, and I brought the flan parisienne. And oh, Scotty, perfect. who's Michael Breeden's roommate, brought cinnamon buns. So my flan parisienne wow. sort of didn't stand a chance, because they were like right. a sugar... They, they were akin to Cinnabon vibes. I was like, wow, yeah. well done. <laughs> yeah. I was touche. Um, so, yeah, cozy. Yeah, it was great. Anyways, that's, I think I've caught you up on my activities for the week. Did I see a film or something? Beyond May, December. Oh. I don't know. There's so, I'm a little sad that I don't live in New York for the movies that are coming yeah. out. Well, right I now. saw this Finnish movie called Fallen Leaves, I think. Okay. Um, which was, wait, I have a question about theater, like Brechtian theater. When people do Brechtian theater, are they doing it that kind of like flat thing? Like Yorgos Lanthimos, like we're, we're just saying what's happening, but we're not. Yeah. Kind of. Or like wearing a sign that like. Right. Like it's with no inflection. Um, so it has that quality and a bit of like, there's something in the specificity of style that's sort of. I hate to mm-hmm. say it. I hate to say it, but Wes Anderson-ish. Not like, oh, okay. it's not in his aesthetic universe, but it has this kind of like fantastical specificity. Yeah, but I think like Yorgos is like the lobster, especially. Yeah. That kind of yeah. like stylized um, acting. But it what, it was very charming and strange and sad and depressed mm-hmm. and Finnish. Great. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I think you'd enjoy it. Um, and there's a really cute dog in it, too. Oh, that's always nice. <laughs> we love a cute dog. Yeah, I'm excited to see Poor Things. Oh, yeah. Speaking I, of your girls. I was not excited, and then I saw something about it, and I got a little more excited. We also, you you also, you haven't talked about this, so I assume you haven't watched The Curse. I haven't watched it yet, either. No, I have not. I'm, like, a too afraid to watch it. Because I afraid. love that. Other Nathan Fielder thing so much. Well, we love Nathan Fielder. Um, and what else? The, the new Jonathan Glazer movie is coming out in December. Where is Dune? Um, Where is Dune? Where is Dune? We need Dune. Other movies, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, May December is a great. I've been great hearing things about Saltburn, yeah. but I'm also not invested in going to it. Saltburn. It's Jacob Elordi and Barry Keough, the boy from The Lobster. And it's about, like... Oh, right. About, uh, in, like, the, the, the nefarious lives of the incredibly rich. Well, it's, it is nice to watch rich people doing rich things. Doing bad things. The crown. Um... All right, well, this is so long. Oh, All right. shoot. Um, well, 
See you next week. See you next week. Do the Wordle. We love you. Okay, we love you. Bye. Wordle.